And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. Um, yeah, I, I had a pretty good weekend. It, uh, it it was a little depressing last night. The Pittsburgh Steelers got beat. Our boy, Duck Hodges. See, I, duck season uh, came came late in Pennsylvania, apparently, this year. Uh, yeah, the Duck Man. Uh, he did not play well. Four interceptions. Yeah, it, was, it was rough to watch. But other than that, I had a pretty good weekend. Hopefully you guys had a good one as well. Um, uh, I have to do a real short show today. Um, I apologize. I'll make up. I'll make it up to you on Wednesday. I've always been very good about that. Um, very short show. Not a whole lot going on um, in the news. Uh, nothing that interests me all that much, at least. Um, so I'm just doing listener mail. I had some good questions from you guys over on Twitter, and I'll get to as many of your questions as possible. Um, I'm, I'm not, there, I did get a couple questions about impeachment, not answering those questions today. I'm really not going to talk about impeachment until like something happens. Cause it's just boring and, and doesn't really matter. So to the two of you that asked me impeachment related questions, apologies. Uh, I will not be answering those questions today, but I will try to get to the rest of them. Um, yes, before I get into listener mail, guys, please follow us on Twitter at no gimmicks pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google play. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast. All right. Uh, listener mail. Let's jump right into it. First question. Uh, this is a good one. <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, how bad did the Democrats suck? That they're losing congressmen to the Republican Party without elect <laughs> without elections being held. Um, yeah, th- this is a good one. Um, I-, I assume, obviously, you're referencing the former Democratic, now I suppose soon to be Republican congressman from New Jersey, um, Representative Jeff Van Drew, uh, who he's a moderate Democrat that won uh, in a swing district in the district that Trump won in 2016, um, and he's one of the only you know, reasonable Democrats out there. He said, look, I'm not voting to impeach Donald Trump. Um, there's no evidence that any crimes were committed. Um, <laughs> this is like the weakest um, impeachment inquiry uh, in history, I'm not voting for it. Apparently, he's been so disenfranchised by the Democratic Party that uh, he just he's peacing out. He's defecting. And he is becoming a Republican. So, yes, it is very funny that uh, Nancy Pelosi is losing members of her caucus without actually holding elections. But hey, uh, good on Jeff Van Drew doing the right thing, coming on over to the dark side um, to the Republican Party. Um, good for him. Look, I mean, this guy, he uh, don't expect him to, to become the next Thomas Massey. Um, he's not going to, you know, become a, 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 a Tea Party guy, a Freedom Caucus guy or anything like that. He endorsed Cory Booker for president. I'm guessing he'll probably rescind that endorsement but uh he uh jim garrity over at national review noted he's uh in his little over a year in office has only voted with the trump administration's agenda seven percent of the time so this guy isn't like he's not a conservative 
But look, it doesn't matter. We can celebrate this. We can laugh at the Dems for losing seats when elections aren't even being held. Of course. We laughed when uh, the governor of West Virginia, who was a Democrat, Jim Justice, became a Republican a couple years ago. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. When people leave the Democrats because they're so crazy and become Republicans, it is worth celebrating. It's funny. Don't expect much from this guy. I mean, he's he was a Democrat until literally five seconds ago, so he's not going to become Mr. Conservative or anything like that. But it is funny, and yes, the Democrats do suck. Um, all right, I'm just going to—I have a lot of sarcastic questions, and then I have a few serious questions, so I'm just going to kind of go back and forth. Next question. Do you like movies about gladiators? Yes. Um, let's see. See, I don't even know what this means. Are traps gay? I have no idea how to answer that question. Are traps gay? Traps like the muscles? I don't even know how to answer that. Moving on. What is the worst Christmas song of all time, and why is it Paul McCartney's <laughs> Wonderful Christmas Time? <laughs> that, <laughs> um, that, that's a good one. I, I'm a big Paul McCartney fan, but all kinds of yikes on his rendition of Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to think of a Christmas song worse than that. Uh, well, wait, what's the song, uh, what's the Christmas song where the, the chick is talking about having sex with Santa Claus? Um, what's that one? The weird sexualized Santa Claus song? What's, what the heck's that? You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, Santa Baby. Yeah, that's bad, too. That's that's right up there with Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time. You know, I, on the on the positive side, I, I will, I'll tell you my favorite Christmas song, um, and I don't really think it's debatable. It's not really particularly close. But O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is, is by far the best um, Christmas song. I was a worship leader at churches for a long time. Um, a, you know, a music leader for the uninitiated um, for a long time. And that was that was probably the only Christmas song. I'm not a big fan of Christmas music. Um, but that was probably the only Christmas song I looked forward to uh, playing every December. Have you ever listened to any podcast from Barstool? I have not. I have not. It bar I know they have a bunch of podcasts and stuff. Barstool, aren't they like aren't they one of those sports websites where they're basically like a leftist propaganda outlet masquerading as a sports magazine? Or is that one of the other ones? Aren't they basically like the, the New York Times with footballs? Or it may no, I might be thinking of Deadspin. Am I thinking of Deadspin? I don't know. I'll I'll check out. Should, you know, are there any podcasts from Barstool that are worth checking out? I mean, I let me know. I'll check it out. But dude, I listen to a lot of podcasts. At least I'm, sus- I'm subscribed to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to all of them every day because I have like three jobs and I don't have a lot of time. But let me just open up my podcast app. Like I have a, I mean, I have a ton of podcasts that I listen to. I've got the Meat Eater podcast, which is excellent. I've got Andrew Clavin, Ben Shapiro. I've got the three martini lunch. Shout out to uh, to Jim Garrity. Obviously, Joe Rogan. You know, um, got Stephen Crowder. I've got the Remnant with Jonah Goldberg, which is excellent. I've got Adam Schefter's podcast. I recommend that if you're a football fan. I've got the Fantasy Footballers podcast. They help me out with my fantasy team if I don't know who to start. They haven't been very helpful. My fantasy team sucks. Um, 
Although it looks like I am going to beat uh, my buddy, the failing New York Times today. So that's definitely worth celebrating. I've got part of the problem, which is a, a comedian named Dave Smith. His podcast, he's an anarcho-capitalist. Um, it, it's a great libertarian podcast. So I mean, I, I'm almost all, I'm, I basically podcast out at this point. But, uh, you know, I'm a big sports fan. If there's anything worth listening to on Barstool, let me know and I'll check it out. Next question. What does Boris Johnson's devastating win in the UK last week say about Donald Trump's re-election chances here in 2020? So this is this is the question that everybody's asking, right? I mean, this is the, the million-dollar question. Uh, for anybody that hasn't been paying attention, uh, the Tories, the, the, the UK Conservative Party, won a blowout, a blowout election. Um, last week, I mean, they they absolutely crushed the British left. They destroyed the the UK Labour Party, which is essentially a, it's, they're a socialist party. They, they they're essentially the, you know the equivalent of the Democratic Party over there in the UK, except even further left and even more anti-Semitic. If if you can imagine that, <laughs> they really. I mean, as 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 leftist and anti-Semitic as the Democrats are, uh, times that by five, and and you get the UK Labour Party, and the Conservatives blew them out. Okay, and it wasn't a you know just to explain the parliamentary system a little bit. Like they didn't vote for Boris Johnson as the prime minister. They don't actually directly elect prime ministers in England. They have a parliamentary system. So whatever party has a majority of seats in Parliament the leader of that party becomes prime minister, and obviously Boris, Boris Johnson is the leader of the Tories. And the Tories ended up with, I believe, let me check, 368 seats in Parliament to the Labour Party's 191. So, I mean, that is that is a blowout. It's the largest blowout uh, election in England since uh, Margaret Thatcher in 1987. So, yeah, I mean, just a, a, a tremendous win for the Conservative Party over in England. And look, you can't read too much into it. Obviously, completely different systems of government, completely different situations. But UK politics and US politics do tend to mirror each other. I mean, they do tend to mirror each other. In 2015, the Brits voted for Brexit. In 2016, the Americans elected Donald Trump. Now in 2019, they, you know, reelect Boris Johnson, doubling down on Brexit. It's easy to believe that that the Americans that we would double down in, in 2020 as well. I mean, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. But um, another reason why I think it is a good sign for Trump and the Republicans is that the Democrats are not going to learn their lesson from the crushing defeat of, of the U.K. Labor Party. The Democrats notoriously never learn from their mistakes. <laughs> um, if they were smart, which they're not, and I'm not trying to give the Democrats any ideas here, but if they were smart, they would look at at, at the British left being completely wiped out and say, wow, uh, the leader of the Labor Party is Jeremy Corbyn, an anti-Semitic communist. Um, maybe we should purge the anti-Semites from the Democratic Party, and hey, maybe we shouldn't nominate nominate a communist. That, that would be the easy lesson to learn here, would be to tick back towards the center, where the majority of independent voters are, but they're not going to do that. They're going to double down. The press and and most Democratic pundits are pushing hard for either Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, two far-left communists who have associations with anti-Semites. 
not to the same extent as Jeremy Corbyn, um, who literally is pals with with terrorists. Um, so I'm not saying Warren and Sanders are, are that bad, but I mean they they're associated with people like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Linda Sarsour and all these vicious anti-Semites, um, and they are far left and maybe not quite as communist, openly communist as Jeremy Corbyn, but not far off. So I, I think you can count on it. You you could certainly count on the Democrats failing to learn their lesson. Um, that's right there for the for the taking, right in front of their face in the defeat of the U.K. Labor Party, but they're probably going to learn the opposite lesson. They're going to double down. They're going to go even farther left than they are before. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I could see, just like our 2016 election mirroring the Brexit um, vote of 2015, I could see the 2020 presidential election mirroring um, a blowout conservative win like we saw last week. I, I could see it. I definitely think uh, there's enough evidence that the U.K. and, and U.S. politics tend to mirror each other i, I think uh i don't know i that i think that is a source of optimism for the trump team and for republicans i you know you don't want to read too much into it but i definitely think it is a good sign okay um all right one last question one last question what's your favorite movie you know what i don't think i've actually answered the question what my favorite movie is on the podcast before which is odd you know, I've done a lot of these uh, listener mail episodes, and I don't think anybody's asked me what my favorite movie is. So, uh, all right. All right. I, I'll give you a, a few. I, I, I'm, an, I'm an audible learner. Like, I kind of, I'm a conversational learner. I kind of talk through my position sometimes and arrive at, at a conclusion. So, like, my gut reaction is to say Goodfellas. I mean, ever since I was a teenager, Goodfellas has been my favorite movie. I also love old movies. My favorite old movie is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, the the classic Jimmy Stewart movie, obviously. Um, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm, I I love the Star Wars series. I've read a bunch of books like a dork. Um, yeah, obviously, of course, excluding um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, which were just embarrassingly bad monstrosities that I, I'm trying to forget I ever saw. But, you know, the best Star Wars movie, obviously, I don't think this is really up for debate. The best Star Wars movie is The Empire Strikes Back. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Empire, Mr. Smith, Goodfellas. Those are my three favorite movies. If gun to my head, if it's like, what movie would I most want to sit down and watch right now? You know, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to stick with Goodfellas. I think I can. It's safe to say Goodfellas is my all time favorite movie. That's it. That's all I got time for. I know. Very short show. I will make it up for you, to you on Wednesday. I promise. I'm a man of my word. Um, so that's all I got. Oh, programming note. Um, I will be here on Wednesday. Next week I'm off um, for Christmas, obviously. Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless you. Spend time with your families. Um, I will be off next week, uh, and I will be back uh, the 30th. Monday the 30th would be my next show after Wednesday. So you know, you will be without me for a week, but it's okay. Hang out with your families. Um, that's all I got for today. I am Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.